Welcome to the Block Exploring Podcast, your first step into the world of crypto and blockchain. The Block Exploring Podcast is your one-stop place to find quick, clear, and unbiased information on everything in the crypto space. Our goal is to help you grow familiar with the crypto space by growing along with us as we go on our crypto journeys. Follow at Block Exploring on Twitter for our newest uploads and our publishing schedule. We here at Block Exploring are crypto enthusiasts working hard towards becoming experts. Today's podcast is presented by co-hosts Tommy and Elias. Find us on Twitter under at Sabai Squared and at Otoko Crypto. Right now you can find us on Spotify and YouTube. Before we start the episode, we would like to inform you that we are not financial advisors. Therefore, nothing said in this podcast should be considered financial advice. Always contact your financial advisor before making any investment. With that said, sit back and enjoy today's podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 14 of the Block Exploring Podcast News Bites. Coming at you this week, Tommy and I are going to be discussing some light pool signals in the crypto market. The supply shock that's underway of Bitcoin, Ethereum bullish signals since they set a solid date for their London hard fork launch and some mm-hmm. regulation discussion along with a discussion on the crypto.com UFC partnership. So Tommy, let's hop right into it. Let's get it. Let's get right into yeah. it, Broski. Exactly. So there's a supply shock coming in of Bitcoin. That's what a few on-chain analysts are saying, like Willy Woo and uh, like Glassnode, uh, where, you know, the long-term hodlers uh, are buying up Bitcoin. And uh, Willy Woo said that it reminded him of the way uh, the supply shock that happened in quarter four of 2020 happened. And uh, what has been noticed is that um, something called the net outflow transaction count from spot exchanges has crossed the 60,000 mark. What does this mean? Well, people are taking their money off of the exchanges and putting it into hardware wallets for or cold storage for a longer uh, hold. So not to sell and flip on the short term. Now, what this uh, also means is that uh, the Bitcoin deposit uh, wallet addresses have decreased below 20,000. So this means that people are more likely to hold their crypto for a longer time and hold their Bitcoin for a longer time. And the eventual result of this would logically be a, a decrease in Bitcoin that's liquid, that's available easily. And this would create, allegedly, a Mm -hmm. supply shock on the Bitcoin market, which would then theoretically boost the price of Bitcoin on the short term. Yeah. What do you think about this, Tommy? Mm, Yeah, I think theoretically short term. Yeah, a lot of people have been saying this is quite bullish. I mean, this is, I think, the logical conclusion for most people to come to that it might be um, short term bullish. I mean, if you think it's just you know economics if there's a less supply they'll you know they'll they'll be you know uh, there'll be a higher price you know as a result that can be demanded for the the smaller supply but um you know i think short term it's probably uncertain i think it's really hard to call like people Mm -hmm. probably will think that this is a you know short-term bullish but I, i say it's still short term uncertain it's just a 
one thing that's happening in, amongst a lot of things that are happening for in Bitcoin and crypto in general. So it's hard to say that this one thing will create bullish momentum, you know, and yeah. we have to question how many people are actually going to care about this analysis or that, you know, about this uh, supply shortage, you know, will that, you know, prompt people to buy more, you know, at a higher price to, you know, yeah. to get access of what Bitcoin there is. Mm, I think it's quite uncertain, but I think midterm, long-term, I think it's quite more bullish midterm, long-term because it's, it demonstrates people, you know, putting their Bitcoin off exchanges, making it a lot mm -hmm. more illiquid and demonstrating that a lot more people are willing to hold Bitcoin, you know, yeah. in the long-term. I think that says a lot more about that as opposed to, you know, you know, what might occur in the short term. Yeah, I think so too. I think uh, the fact that, you know, the 60,000 mark of uh, spot exchange uh, outflow uh, was reached and that more and more wallets of individuals are being opened rather than uh, exchange-owned Bitcoin wallets, that it shows maybe a, a different attitude or an increase in an attitude towards, you know, not your keys, not your crypto. Mm -hmm. Uh, and also the fact that it's a year yearly all-time high i mean that that means that, that you know there's i think there's a significant outflow of course but these kinds of uh analysis um especially whenever it's like on-chain analysis we saw the bitcoin death cross and we saw we see all this kind of you know like this highly technical not not technical analysis but like the more in-depth analysis well yeah indicators you know technical analysis indicators yeah yeah but we see it happen and i mm -hmm. feel like a lot of people you know they, they will buy bitcoin because they like the idea of owning bitcoin they don't buy bitcoin because a supply shock is imminent or m maybe some technical analysis mm -hmm. uh type of uh investors do but i think that's not per se the majority i think the majority is more long-term oriented and not as much you know let's buy an absolute bottom and sell an absolute peak but let's just hold on for as long as we can and figure something like that mm -hmm. out i feel like that's more the attitude and i think you shouldn't uh, we, i mean i see it a lot now on like youtube and other platforms that uh, creators are kind of hyping this up uh, as like oh damn the entire bull market's going to recover mm -hmm. it's going to be like um it's going to be insane uh, full recovery of the market i don't think that something as technical as a supply shock will reinvigorate the market sure it happened in quarter four but there was a lot more that happened in quarter four of 2020 that kicked off a bull market like this exactly. and a lot more you know became uh was put on the market and a lot more technical development went on mm. so i think that's definitely something to take into account and maybe not to get too overhyped about or maybe not to expect too big of an increase because uh i, I remember 34.7 k bitcoin was uh Passed yesterday, uh, this Thursday. Yeah, yeah, it's euros. Mm -hmm. So that was like a significant threshold, and um, that that was very bullish. But you know, it's it's relatively bullish. It's not like the the significant gains that we've seen from like a two thousand euro Bitcoin to a thirty thousand euro Bitcoin. That it's yeah. nothing like that. It's just a, a five percent mm -hmm. increase in Bitcoin price. Which is decent, but it's not what like reinvigorates the market. Exactly. I think. Mm -hmm.
I think that yeah. makes a lot of sense. And I mean, if we look at Bitcoin, if I, at the time of recording, you know, last 24 hours, 5% down. But in the last seven days, it's 1.25% down. So it's, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> despite all these analysts pushing this uh, narrative, doesn't seem to be affecting the price of Bitcoin that much just yet. Or, you know, maybe it just needs to percolate a bit more, but we'll see we'll see yeah we'll see mm -hmm. i agree i think uh yeah indeed maybe it needs some uh, some more percolation <laughs> yeah that's said. a keyword a keyword it yeah. needs some time i think it needs also a bit more of an inflow and a you know trust from the more retail investor before any real uh bull signals will be seen again mm -hmm. i think this is uh this is a bit of hype this is a bit of wishful thinking and i think that's something that uh something you will want to avoid uh when when trading bitcoin and you know like don't get uh you know don't don't see the the potential gains <laughs> before seeing like relevant developments right. in the market and i think one relevant development for something like short-term gains or a mm -hmm. short-term increase in price is the bullish signals that we're picking up from ethereum uh, mm -hmm. where now a more solid date has been set for the ethereum london hard fork launch which is august 4th if i'm correct yep august 4th yeah yeah so so i think something like that is more real to the average investor mm -hmm. than a change in you know on-chain uh, transactions or you know like outflow of uh, capital from spot trading exchanges i think something like a hard launch date for a massive fork in the ethereum uh, blockchain that's that's significant i think that's something that you should definitely look out for eth prices and mm -hmm. you know development in uh, ethereum on the short term absolutely that's something where you can look will it reinvigorate anything i don't know but the prices of ethereum i think are likely to go up based on this information, based on a hard date being set, uh, based on the fact that, you know, instead of like speculation as to when there's like, oh, people will be accumulating until at least August 4th. Mm -hmm. I yeah. think that's... Uh, I yeah. mean, yeah, this is a huge update for ETH. I think much in anticipated in the last many months. So like the fact that there's finally a date on it, it just gives so much... Um, so many more people hope that you know mm. this will actually be fulfilled by a certain date and uh not just all up in the air as like you know with each developments in the past you know they have the tendency to delay but um i think loads of people are just completely really bullish on this in, on this news and i think mm. it's yeah it's a significant move for ethereum move from proof of work to proof of stake you know, it's a big big um move in general, especially with all the environmental flood surrounding crypto. I think that's like a big bullish um, aspect of um, this Ethereum, you know, mm -hmm. um, fork, because I think a lot of institutions or companies might be interested in ETH, but they're going to hold off, you know, until they can, you know, avoid the negative optics of investing in something that, you know, has these negative connotations of energy usage. Maybe that's yeah. just like a small thing, but overall very bullish because it's a 
it's a you know it's such a big thing for ETH in general and it's been hotly anticipated and I think it shows you know like one of the differences between what indicates bullishness in uh for either bitcoin or eth where you know eth there is it's a network that can be constantly developed or you know built upon and there's things to look forward to things to be bullish on whilst yeah with bitcoin which is more you know rigid in its in terms of development Mm -hmm. these this news of a supply shortage that's the news people look for in terms of, or analysts will look for in terms of short-term bullish signals. Yeah. Whilst ETH has, I don't know, I think that it has a lot more going for it in the way of creating bullish sentiment yeah. over time. Like Bitcoin, of course, has its, you know, it's the principles, the, the whole reason why it was created, its community, they'll obviously mm-hmm. drive bullishness over time. But ETH, I think, in terms of generating that bullish sentiment, ETH has a lot that it can work with, for sure. Yeah. I think uh, if, you, if you look at, I don't know, like long-term bullishness of something like Bitcoin or something like Ethereum, uh, mm-hmm. Bitcoin definitely has already, you know, found its purpose, yeah. store value, and Ethereum has many more purposes for which it can be used i think and it has a faster range of possibilities which make it that much more interesting than mm-hmm. something like bitcoin i think as a as a cryptocurrency maybe not that it's valued in such a way but i think as a cryptocurrency as a as a blockchain faster mm-hmm. amount of uh, opportunities will definitely come from something like ethereum definitely and there's just so many more narratives that can be associated with uh ethereum that caused bullishness like the ultrasound money meme network mm-hmm. you know the network effect that's associated with uh you know ethereum and uh, it's um you know the, the potential that ethereum has for disrupting financial market as a whole financial you know world traditional mm-hmm. financial world as a whole is all you know reasons to be long-term bullish on eth and you know is the london hard fork is just one step in that direction which you know yeah it's it's kind of exciting to see what eth becomes ultimately and i think it, there's no like end goal necessarily with eth it's just going to be constantly evolving yeah and i think of course you have these hard forks which are like significant momentous occasions in like yeah. uh, the ethereum development but that you should always look out for the smaller ones maybe the less spicy ones like uh, eip i think it's 3074 mm-hmm. uh, these are like you know security tweaks and things like this which just make the overall blockchain much more secure make transactions more i don't know like uh pseudonymous or you know mm-hmm. it, it works better and i think these are also things you should still look out for as an investor especially if you're looking for more short-term kind of uh flips but i think especially i mean you and i were uh partially in this for like a long term mm-hmm. i think then for the average investor since we're this early in the crypto market still i think that looking at things like regulation is essential for getting an, for sure. a long-term understanding and uh well as you might know um elizabeth warren not the biggest fan of crypto or bitcoin in general uh actually made a move mm. that might be incredibly bullish 
for crypto, I think. She gave the SEC a hard deadline for once to create an actual, I don't know, to give some answers uh, regarding crypto regulation. And while some might say, uh, oh, the fact that it's unregulated, it grants more freedom, etc., etc., I personally am of the belief that uh, more regulation, if, if the regulation isn't a ban, but that more regulation can lead to more freedom, to more opportunities, because at least there will be a hard set of rules and at least you can allocate yourself uh, in crypto in a more long-term secure mindset. And I think that even though Elizabeth Warren might be very anti-crypto she said it's speculative and uh, it's going to add ban uh, badly that's a literal quote uh, yes it might be speculative right now due to cri the crypto market and cryptocurrency in general being in its infancy but uh, <laughs> going to end badly not sure if i agree with that statement mm. but you know even though she's not the biggest uh, bitcoin bull <laughs> bitcoin maxi i still think that um, the concerns that she has about the regular uh the regulatory clarity and things like energy usage they're valid they're not uh, very you know very spicy they're not very like engaging mm -hmm. for the average uh i don't know person with an interest in crypto but i think that this clarity that she's demanding is something that will be especially if the sec actually pulls through with it and broadens their yep. uh, ideas on what is the security uh, that that can be incredibly important and pivotal for the crypto market and for things like mass adoption. Yeah, I think that, yeah, you've kind of nailed it. You know, I mean, I think Elizabeth Warren may be a bit ill-informed Ill with some of her thoughts about the crypto blockchain space in general. But, you know, mm -hmm. the SEC in America, they um, there are quite a few commissioners who are, you know, who've voiced a bit of pro-crypto blockchain you know, sentiment that, you know, they would be, they also think that regulation is necessary and they want to regulate it in a way that's, you know, you know, mindful of the principles that, you know, blockchain and cryptos were, were made with. Well, you know, so I, you know, I think it's incredibly, I think it's great that if, that we could get some, hopefully get some clarity um, mm -hmm. in the future about, you know, what the SEC might think about crypto and blockchain. But I'm just worried that there's that off chance that they don't get every, of course, you know, they probably won't get everything right. And I just, I'm worried about having, how long it will um, take to undo any any of these, you know, mistakes, or quote-unquote mistakes, you know, and, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, misgivings that they might have towards crypto blockchain, which is why... I think there needs to be a, so much more crypto blockchain advoca advocacy. You know, mm -hmm. it's very, it's it's all good. You know, we have our you know Twitter silos, and we're all all guests on the crypto. You know, with our friends and you know others who care about crypto and that. Yeah. But um, there's so much work to be done in the way of advocating for crypto and blockchain and the principles that you know a lot of us share. You know, in what we want and what drew us to crypto in the first place you know yeah. so lobbying in some sense you know there's so many so many 
aspects of regulation we should as a community that is using crypto um, and blockchain technology mm-hmm. have you know our say in and we can't just let those you know who may not understand the space as well as you know those who are actively in the space you know using yeah. protocols you know making transactions you know i think there's you know an argument we want the right we want good regulation it's not that we don't want regulation at all we want good regulation you know ultimately yeah exactly and i think it's important to also take account indeed i really like what you said about we need some lobbying being done for crypto Mm -hmm. because banks have been around for like hundreds of years they've had lobbyists Mm -hmm. heavily involved with government uh, you know, for for decades, for years, the, they're so rooted in the U.S. You know, political, political system, system. Yeah, it's crazy. That of course, you know, like the you need you, these politicians need to think about campaign funding and all these things, all these extra things. Mm-hmm. Th- there are so many lobbyists from banks that are <laughs> heavily integrated into the, the American political system that you should, you know, sometimes take it with a bit of a grain of salt because. Ethereum is a potential end to all banks. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what they're scared about, you know. That's yeah, what... exactly. So you're gonna get some, uh, some, uh, some bank maxis in politics, of course. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of them have a vested interest in in it anyway. You know, they want to be on the boards of some banks, or they want a job after you know politics. Yeah they probably go and do something like this or, you know, it works vice versa as well. Bankers end up becoming, you know, commissioners on the SEC or they become financial advisors and cabinet. Yeah. It's, it's all very interconnected. So that's why, you know, we can't just let whoever and whoever's a policymaker just, you know, decide, decide it all without the community having a say. No, exactly. I think we need someone like uh, CZ from uh, Binance to just hop onto the I know. SEC commissioners. That chair. would be sick. I mean, he's <laughs> he's banned, but there are lo- uh, many countries are cracking down on Binance now. Actually, UK's, you know, That's true. and they've also suspended uh, Euro, Euro. Um, what's it called? Deposits into Binance, I believe. Is it Euro yes, or pounds? I think so yeah i think it was pounds yeah okay might have been pounds but yeah that's a that's an l (laughs) cc is not that popular i suppose not popular enough but uh yeah hopefully things change because whilst you know there might not be much partnership in the crypto space and uh you know politics there are crypto companies that are making mad mad cool uh partnerships like uh, crypto.com for example, yeah. has been killing it in the partnership space. They've made some insane partnerships, and you know they have they have a great great name. I mean, for them to get crypto.com, like yeah. that's just that's mint. But uh, yeah, <laughs> so but they also have a lot of very cool products. You know, you can you can um, stake on their platform. You can trade. They also have mm-hmm. um, crypto crypto um, cards, crypto credit cards. Yeah, the big cards where um, yeah you get your cashback benefits. You know you get some loads of benefits depending on what tier of card you have. I have one, just full disclosure. But yeah, they're just doing. I think their marketing is just one of the best, one of the best in the business. Because like you know, even in London uh, subway, you know, I'll I've been seeing you know crypto.com 
billboards everywhere pretty much but yeah so latest news in terms of their partnerships is that they've recently made a partnership with the ufc you know ufc is super popular now nowadays like you know boxing isn't that like main sport uh, fight sport that people watch people watch ufc yeah. and want to see mixed martial arts and for them for crypto.com to have you know their logo on different you know ufc merch or at flights you know that's that's huge in the way of you know getting crypto in the eyes more you know in front of more eyes getting yeah then this is like just one of those things in the in the way you know of uh, mass adoption yeah you know? and it's not just ufc yeah. they have formula one partnership they have partnerships with different artists they have partnership with snoop dogg who is making nfts on crypto.com yeah they have the nft yeah. platform as well so they they're doing the most really yeah but yeah this latest partnership is pretty cool uh, definitely definitely i think that's also something uh whenever i hear people talk about things like crypto.com binance mm -hmm. coinbase um it's like uh the, it's an exchange and it's not centralized but realize that it makes it very or it yeah it is centralized sorry uh, mm -hmm. realize that still it enables people to make the easier transition into the crypto market. Exactly. So the, the average person will want to put his euros or dollars or pounds into crypto in a simple way. Mm -hmm. And in order to have that facilitated, in order for that exchange to happen, mm -hmm. uh, well, centralized exchanges do that, you know, like uh, Uniswap doesn't do that. So I, I think these types of exchanges they're not optimal they're not the ideal kind of uh, exchange i think i think they'll play a pivotal role in like the mass adoption definitely. aspect of everything yeah. definitely and like yeah i'm very pro decentralization i also believe in the not your keys not your coins you know i think you know all of us should try live bankless non-centralized at least to some extent you know try to yeah. decentralize aspects of our finance and take more responsibility over mm -hmm. that because you can and it's in very yeah. empowering but yeah there's you know there's still a space for decentralized crypto entities like crypto.com and they have awesome products which you can we you know you can benefit from you know you know, none of them sponsor us, so we can shout them all out, like BlockFi, no, you know, Crypto.com, yes. Gemini. They all have, you know, pretty great, like, uh, staking rewards, you know, that you can yeah. earn. There's a, they also, you know, Gemini, Crypto.com, they have cashback rewards when you use their crypto card. Mm -hmm. It's pretty sick. I, I think of it as a way to dollar cost average into things because, yeah. you know, every time I get cashback, you know, from purchases I was going to make already, you know, I can just take that money and, you know, dollar cost average into, you know, whatever I want, Bitcoin, ETH. Yeah, that's, you know, yeah. I think it's a good strategy. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's also, uh, well, as you're saying, like, yeah, it's free money, you know, like, it's free money for the, for the people who are, uh, and I think that some of our listeners as well, the people who are interested in getting into crypto but you know either find it to have too great of a risk or something of the sort uh these kinds of you know uh incentives like uh, crypto that's comping for your netflix and turning it into their token as a reward uh are, are some of these things that incentivize in a fairly risk-free manner um 
or in a relatively risk-free manner mm -hmm. uh, the average uh, no coiner or the average you know hesitant person Noob. to maybe take <laughs> a little step yeah, yeah. <laughs> newbie but yeah, the yeah. benefits are, don't even stop at Spotify and, and Netflix. Or you can get discounts on flight, access to flight lounge. I mean, sponsor us. <laughs> Partnership <laughs> with the Block, Block Exploring <laughs> Podcast. Sp partner with us. You know, yeah, that'd be no, kind of sick. Maybe we should reach out. Or you know, our uh, audience should lobby the <laughs> lobby these uh, these these uh, entities into partnering with us. That'd be kind yeah, of sick, exactly. you know. Yeah, and I think uh, you know, like we, we we're start, we're starting to get some consistent listeners now. Which Shout is out super to nice. our listeners, yo! You guys Shout are day out to one our listeners. Yeah, yeah this is day one, and you guys are there for us. Exactly, and we'll be there for a long time. Mm -hmm. So follow us on Twitter. Follow us everywhere. Uh, we have. Tommy is at Sabai Squared. I'm Otoko Crypto. The Block Exploring podcast is at Block Exploring. You'll see it in the link tree in the YouTube description and in all the other uh, online surfaces where we publish our podcasts, which is basically everywhere now due mm -hmm. to Anchor, which is a great service. If you're starting a podcast, definitely use it. Also not a sponsorship, just wanted to get it out there. Mm -hmm. uh, and with all that said, we will see you next time Take on the easy. Block Exploring podcast. Peace out. Peace.